the Garden Angelus, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. My name is Carol Michael. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. And my name is Dee Nash, and I'm from Guthrie, Oklahoma. Hello, Dee. Hello, Carol. How was your Thanksgiving? It was very nice, and how was yours? It was great. Super easy, super fun, best dressing ever. What are oh, we going nice. to talk about? What are we going to talk about today? Well, today this is our fourth podcast, so we're doing pretty woo, good, I woo, think. Woo. I think that's exciting. Yes, we have a couple items to follow up on. Let's talk about amaryllis. We talked about those in the third podcast, and yeah. you have quite a few. How are they doing? I think I have about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I have about twelve altogether. Some are wow. in the same. Some are three in a pot though because I like that really dramatic double white with like a whole bunch in one pot um mine are doing the jitterbug in the window right now that's where they lean toward the sun every day and I turn them all and then I've got one that's just about to bloom I've got three still in the closet doing their you know period of dormancy and then I've got a whole bunch of them that are short I think I have a dwarf one too because it's about to bloom and it's only how tall would that be? About about a foot tall. I kind of like those those little ones. Do you like the little ones? I love the little ones. And I think they, they call them miniatures in the amaryllis Is world, that what I they think. call them as miniatures? I don't know. Um, I just know they're shorter. And the, here's why I like them. You don't have to stake them. True that. Nobody that likes is- an amaryllis that's fallen off on its face. No. Well, I didn't do what I said I was going to do, and that was to take my amaryllis, cut the foliage off, and make them go dormant for a while. So I'm going to have to brave the crowds and go find some amaryllis in the stores to buy, or I'm going to have an amaryllis-less Christmas, and nobody wants that. Nobody wants an amaryllis-less Christmas. That's hard to say. Hey, um, you could just order them online, and one good place to order them online is amaryllis.com. They're the same people that own Caladium.com, and they're such nice people. Last year, they sent me some free amaryllis because I had mentioned them on the blog. Oh, that's nice. I'm going to check that out. Thanks, Dee. You're welcome. They have some real pretty ones. The other thing we talked about was Christmas cactus and Thanksgiving cactus and the difference. The Thanksgiving yes. cactus has points along the stem sections and the... Christmas cactus is rounded, and you can't find Christmas cactus. But one listener sent us an email via Facebook, and there's a source over in Ohio. I'm going to check that out. I think then, somebody didn't somebody else send us one that's online too, but I haven't checked it out yet. I got to go do that because I would like to have a Christmas cacti. I would too. And then I got a couple of pictures sent to me of some 100 year old Christmas cacti that were just of blooms. Oh, wow. 100-year-old plants. Can you imagine? I cannot. How old is your <laughs> oldest houseplant, Dee? Six months, because I'm not a very good houseplant mom. In fact, I have a problem with one of my houseplants that I'm going to ask you about in a few minutes, because I don't know what's wrong with it, and I love that houseplant. It might be a year old. How old's yours? I believe that my oldest houseplant is 45 years old, and I inherited what? it from my dad. When he passed You're away. kidding. You're kidding. You have a 45-year-old no. plant? It's a <laughs> night-blooming cirrus, which is Epiphyllum oxypetalum, and it's one of those big, gangly-looking plants that 
you only love because your father gave it to you. Yeah, and, they'd be ugly. And, they are ugly, blooms, ugly plants. It has one of those great big white blooms that you can almost sit there and watch it open up at night, and then by morning it's all droopy. Have, haven't you um, featured this plant on your blog before, question mark? I have because uh, it was a big event. When it bloomed, I had it for 13 years after I got it from my dad before it bloomed for me. And that's because I put it in a bigger pot, and it likes to be all cramped up in a small pot. Which is called root-bound, right? Yes. It likes to be root-bound. Or pot-bound. Yes. But when it blooms, it is very heavily scented. And if you get up close, it almost makes your eyes water. It's like somebody just dumped a whole bottle of perfume. What kind of perfume do you think? I mean, is it like old lady perfume or good perfume? No, old lady perfume. If that's oh. not, not, and, uh, not to be, not to be, you know, <laughs> picking on old ladies and their perfume at all. Because <laughs> we'll be there get, quickly enough. We're getting there, <laughs> but. It has to be heavily scented because the bloom is only open for one night. So where it's native to down in, I think, uh, South America region, it really has to draw on the pollinators that night because that flower is so, not going to be open the next day. So do you think it's pollinated by moths? I bet it is. Yeah, at night like that, it probably is moths. Yeah, and see, it's white. You know, it's, isn't it a white bloom? That's what it's I remember white. about it. It, it yeah. actually glows at night, and I remember as a kid when it was blooming when it was going to bloom, you know, we'd be out there watching it at 9 and 10 o'clock at night, and the neighbors would come over, and it was a it was a big deal, just like on the Dennis the Menace movie when that yes, flower opened. Really? I hadn't seen that version of Dennis the Menace, but that's pretty cute, i got to say. Hey, one of these days we are going to do that podcast on movies and how they deal with plants, and I think we should do that fairly soon because it's winter time. That'd be a good time to do it. Also, we could do one on night-blooming plants. That'd be fun. Yes, that would be very fun. I'm going to write that down. Okay, cool. So that's our flower for today. You want to talk about veggies? Well, there aren't very many veggies growing right now. I mean, it's kind of winter here, even though it's not officially winter. But I am prepping my vegetable beds for the springtime. I'm going to prep mine by putting shredded leaves on top of them because I live in the middle. I mean, most people think Oklahoma is just one big giant prairie, but it's not. I-35 is the demarcation line, and I live east of I-35. So I'm surrounded by oak trees, which means I have not one leaf fall I have two one in the spring and one in the fall so we've already blown off and shredded all the leaves that were on my front lawn and so I'm going to put them on my vegetable bed and then I'm also going to top it off with some chicken manure chicken manure makes great fertilizer you just got to let it sit for six months before you plant anything well I don't have any chicken manure but I've already picked up all the leaves and um, just kind of sucked them up while I was mowing the lawn and I've Put all the all the beds to bed with a big blanket of leaves on them for the winter. Have nice. you ever grown Have you ever grown cover crops for your garden? I have not. You know what I'd like to do? I'd like to grow some red clover. I think that would be fun. But the problem is with cover crops. Um, my weather here is kind of harsh in the winter sometimes. You know, it might go all winter and we do just fine. And then in the spring, I could, you know, let it die off and, and 
till it under. But unfortunately, in Oklahoma, sometimes it gets really, really cold, and then your crop never goes anywhere. You know what I mean? Right. And here in Indiana, we we sow our cover crops earlier in the fall, so they have a good chance to grow in the fall, and then they can go dormant. Um, winter winter rye or annual rye is a big cover crop that a lot of vegetable gardeners use, and the red clover is nice because it fixes nitrogen in the soil. But the I don't do it anymore because I have the leaves to add organic matter, and that's really what the... the um, Cover crops, cover crops are. They, some people call them green green manures. Right, they're called green manures. But here's the other part of that. I don't till anymore. I've quit tilling a long time ago, and if you don't till them in, then they just sit on top of your soil. I'm in raised right. beds now. I'm in raised beds too, so the few times that I've tried the cover crops, you, you end up having to sort of hand dig them in, which turns out to be a lot of work, and we don't like a lot of work in the garden, do we? No, we are officially lazy gardeners, so we try to do as little work as possible because we both have pretty big gardens, and there's only us. Yes. In a, yeah, well, I mean, I don't have any outside help. Well, I would use a cover crop, um, and the annual rye is good. If you have really compacted clay soil, those things tend to have long roots that help break up the soil. So I would, if I didn't have another source of organic matter, I would definitely sow a cover crop. Well, that's a good idea. Or you could just buy some, you know, for people who don't have leaves available or something else, they can go to their local box store or to their nursery and get some kind of a composted item and put it in. Or they can make their own compost with kitchen waste and other stuff, which we can do a whole thing on compost. But, yeah. Yeah, because I have a book about compost. It's a thousand pages. We'll go through that someday, Dee. Oh, let's not. (laughs) One thing I was going to add before we move on to all the best dirt, which I'm very excited about, is um, I've purchased composted cow manure in bags for my garden, too, in the past. Yeah, I have, too. But I'm sure my 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 farming ancestors rolled in their graves at the very idea that people would buy that. That we buy cow poop? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I use chicken poop on mine. Of course, it's from my chickens, but I haven't had chickens for a couple of years. Like I said in the last podcast, I might get some this spring, though. Well, it'll be exciting. Anyway, it will so, be exciting. I love peeps, the real ones, not the ones that are made of marshmallow. So let's move from talking about the vegetable garden dirt to all the best dirt. I know you're excited about this topic I am. today. I am. D. I have a new book out. I know, because you write them like, I have never seen anybody write books so fast in my life. But tell us about this one. Well, this one is called The Christmas Cottontail, A Story for Gardeners of All Ages. And it's really, um, it's a children's book. But every any gardener would enjoy it. Because really at heart, all chil- all gardeners are children. They're oh. children at heart. That's true. They, well, and, think about it. They still make mud pies. They play in the dirt. They like flowers and honeybees. I mean, come on. Yes. So anyway, my new book is out, and it's all about a little bunny that Santa Claus finds one Christmas Eve, and then I don't want to give away the whole story because... It's It's a pretty cute story. It really is. It would be a great Christmas gift for any of the children in your life, whether they're from the age of 3 to 85 or 88. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, the nice thing about it is is illustrated with some very cute drawings, 
And my nephew is a graphic designer, and he did the artwork for me. And I've It's got, nice to have a graphic designer in the family, isn't it? It is. And so it's kind of a partnership between the two of us. And he has a five-year-old. And uh, the first time I asked her what her favorite book was while I was holding this book in front of her, she runs off to the other room to find a book. And I'm like, no, no, oh. no. This book is your favorite book. But yesterday <laughs> at Thanksgiving when I asked her, what's your favorite book, she said, the Christmas Cottontail. So oh, learned, how cute! Did you like? It out. Did you like tell her that twenty thousand times before so that she get it right? No, no, she she got it right. I only had to tell her twice. <laughs> ah, got it, got it. No, but hey, I, that was I the first pe- time. Tell people where they can buy this precious little book. Well, the precious little book right now, since I got it out kind of late to get it in bookstores, it is on Amazon. They can just uh, search on the Christmas Cottontail or search on Carol Michael, M-I-C-H-E-L. And it is also, in another week or so, I'm going to have it on my blog, maydreamsgardens.com, and I'll have a few copies that people can buy that are signed. Oh, that's nice. Good job. That would be even better. Signed by you. And while they're there, they might as well buy my first two books, Humorous and Lighthearted Essays on Gardening. Potted and pruned, living and gardening life, and homegrown and handpicked, a year in a gardening life. They make great gifts. They do make great gifts, especially for new gardeners, because they need to hear all the stuff that goes on in a gardener's life besides pulling weeds, right? Yes, although I talk a lot about pulling weeds. <laughs> Don't we all? Um, I have a little bit of dirt, too. I know you, you do, What's your dirt? I'm so excited. Katie, uh, my friend, our friend, Katie Elzer-Peters and I, we worked on my website, dnash.com, which is my writing website, not my blog, but my writing website, and we revamped the whole thing, and I'm just proud as punch about it. We soft launched it this week, and it's got a few little few little problems I got to fix, but all in all, it's smooth as silk, and it's got some great stuff on there. She even found an interview I did with a television station in Tulsa that she put on my speakers page, and I had never seen the interview. I remember doing it, but I had never seen it, so that was kind of exciting. That is exciting. I'm going to have to check that website out. So it's dnash.com? Yeah, it's dnash.com. And, of course, we also have blogs because, you know, we're multifaceted. And mine is Red Dirt Ramblings at reddirtramblings.com. And yours is? Maydreamsgardens.com. Yeah. We've been blogging. How long have you been blogging? Since about two, really steadily since 2006, so a dozen years. I've been doing it 11 years this year. Woohoo! I remember reading your blog before I knew you and before I, I had reading- a blog. I remember reading your blog before I knew you. Yeah, it's kind of exciting that we've had this path. So anyway, that's my dirt for this week. It's just little dirt, but it was fun. It's great dirt. So that's about all we have for this time, right, Dee? Yes, and everybody everybody can reach us at thegardenangelist at gmail.com. They can also reach us on our Facebook page. Where else? Instagram, Twitter. We're everywhere. And they can subscribe via iTunes or just yes, search it. on the Garden Angelus podcast and you'll find it. Yeah, it's easy to find. You can subscribe two different ways. So anyway, I'll let you go net for now, Carol. Thanks All for right. everyone who listens, by the way. We really appreciate it. We are appreciative. And next week we got something super exciting too. So that's that's the tease to get them to come back and listen again. 
I see. <laughs> okay. Talk to you later. All bye. Right, bye, Dee.